Welcome to our mid-year podcast on the state of the economy and what's happening out there in the world. I'm Mike Kelly. I'm the founder of Kelly Financial Group, um, and we bring you these podcasts to try to keep you up to date and keep you informed so you know what's going on here. Uh, really, what we're trying to do is uh, give you information that will help you. Uh, it, it, and what we want to talk about tonight is really what's happened the first part of this year. Uh, what's what's happened in the economy, what's going on with the administration. We'll look at the administration, we'll look at the markets, we'll talk about inflation, uh, some of the recent events like the Supreme Court, some of the things that are going on, current events that we feel are going to have an impact in the overall economy and as it goes. Uh, what we also want to do is be able to kind of give you some feedback not necessarily on where we see, see things going, but what the impact of what's happening right now is. Uh, as you know, before the start of the year, we kind of told you that we expected this to be a good year. We felt that the stock markets overall would have double-digit gains this year, uh, and they're doing that. Uh, some of the indices have already hit double-digit gains for the year. Some of the other ones are pretty close to getting there. I think by the end of this year, we are going to finish up on an overall basis. I do believe there's going to be a lot of volatility. I do believe there's a lot of things that are happening in the world that create that volatility, both from a country perspective and an individual perspective. But it, it really, I, I think overall, we're going to wind up this year really well. I think the markets are going to do well. I think investors are going to do well. Overall, I think it's going to be a good year. We shall see. Uh, but part of what we're going to talk about is is what's impacting it and the big thing really the big change this year was we got a new administration um biden's took over in office immediately started putting out executive orders i mean the administration now is spending money like they can just print it because actually they can't there's no real rhyme or reason they're just throwing money out there uh, it is stimulating the economy but we'll go through some of the ways and why it's working the way that it does. Uh, he's also moving away from fossil fuels. This one is tough because they put out executive orders canceling pipelines. Then he tried to cancel the oil leases on federal lands. They just lost that battle in court. So there's a lot of things that are happening. A lot of the orders that they're putting out there are going through. Some of them are being fought in court, but most of them are going through. Uh, there is quite a bit of legislation that has been passed. We've covered that as it keeps getting passed. There's some ongoing legislation. The big one is the infrastructure. The argument there is whether we're going to be dealing with physical infrastructure or we're going to be including uh, the climate change, the equality or equity type of issues in childcare and healthcare and all of these different things that really have nothing to do with infrastructure, but they claim that it does. So that's where the battle is right now. That's going to range anywhere from $500 billion to trillions of dollars. We don't know where that's going to wind up. But again, when that does come through, we'll sit down and analyze it, look at the areas that we feel are, are impacted the most or the, where there's the most opportunity. And so we'll talk about those at that time. Uh, again, in, in an overview like this, we try to keep it pretty general. We don't get into specifics. Uh, I don't feel it's right to talk about individual people or personal information or personal investments in a public forum. So if you have questions about any of this or how it impacts you, call us. Uh, you can get a hold of us. Uh, it, it's pretty easy for us to sit down with you and talk about your situation. But here tonight, we're just going to keep it pretty general. Uh, one of the big 
things in legislation right now, some of the tax changes that they're talking about, the big one is capital gains. They want to raise the capital gains rate up to 39.6. Um, and that's over a million dollars, which sounds like a lot of money. So people are on board. But if you own a home here in California, if you own a business, if you inherit money, if you make money on stock, there's a number of things uh, that it really will impact. A million dollars isn't what it used to be. I remember I wanted to be a millionaire and that hit it back in 1984, I think it was. It was worth a lot more back then. Um, but the big thing that they're fighting over right now is they want to put that change in this year and make, make it retroactive all the way to January 1. Why would they want to do that? That's crazy. The reason why is because if they actually put that in place, people are going to sell. You're going to see a run on the stock market. You're going to see people selling businesses, buildings. There's going to be a, a massive sell-off. If they make it retroactive, it eliminates that. It takes that away. So that's something to really watch. It's something to really take a look at. Hopefully, they won't get it through because I really do think it would hurt the economy. But if they do, they're probably going to make it retroactive. So a lot of planning that people are doing right now, uh, you should take that into consideration when you look at what you're doing as far as, okay, is this going to impact me? Is this something I, that I have to worry about? Okay. The Fed, uh, again, we're dealing with the administration. They came out yesterday with their announcement. There have been leaks all week. A couple of things came out today explaining what they thought. They came out and said that they were not going to raise rates until 2023. Originally, it had been 2024. They wanted to keep them low. Uh, currently, rates are between 0 and 0 0.25 on the, on the Fed rate. Um, now, they're saying they want to raise it by 2022. The leaks coming out today talking about what they said. They want to raise it twice. Um, by 2022, 2023. So by the time 2023 hits, they wanna raise the rate two times. Here's part of the problem. I don't think they're gonna do it right before the midterm elections. Uh, they, that would have an impact on the races that would have, a, uh, it would become part of the battle cry in the election and the Fed really wants to stay out of that. But why do they want to raise interest rates? Why is that so important? Again, that comes back to inflation. They want to fight inflation. Typically, the, the most common way the Fed can fight inflation is by lowering interest rates, increasing the, the, the availability of money so people, it doesn't cost as much. You can't lower it much lower than zero. I mean, that's where we're at. So they want to raise it a couple of times to give themselves a little leverage and room. It's just that... The opportunity right now isn't really there for them to do that. The market is is running well. Things are going well. We are dealing with inflation, and I'll give you some of the numbers. And I think that's the biggest problem that we have right now. But um, it it really this is something that they want to do. If they came out in this meeting and said they were going to start raising rates, you would see a lot of panic. I think it will help. Again, if you've attended any of our workshops, you've heard me say that. You know, inflation is a bad thing if you're young and you're trying to acquire assets. It's not necessarily a bad thing if for us older folks that already have the assets. It can help you in ways that people don't usually think of. But again, look at some of the other podcasts and cover that. One of the things the Fed has decided to continue doing, though, is buying bonds. Basically, they're buying uh, treasury securities about $80 billion a month. That's billion with a B. And they're buying mortgage-backed securities at $40 billion a month, billion with a B. So that's $120 B. 
billion dollars a month that the Fed is purchasing. It's part of the reason that mortgage rates are so low. 140, excuse me, $120 billion a month is $1.44 trillion a year with a T. That is a staggering sum of money that the government is just funneling into the economy. And if you're buying treasury securities, if you're buying mortgage-backed securities, you're putting that money directly into the economy. That's what people really are looking at it. So it's something that you, you really got, you have to be careful about. Uh, bear with me while I'm moving my computer around here. Yes, I do work on a computer every day. Yeah, I do these podcasts. I'm still not the most technology savvy person out there. I'm really not, but we're working on it. Um, part of what we're doing, we're, we're moving. I'll touch on that in a bit. We're opening up a, a new studio. We should have better equipment. Things should get better. Um, but the Fed is spending money. The government is spending money. They're, they're trying to make some changes that will impact the markets and the economy. Some of the changes that they've made have already impacted it. We've covered those. We will cover the new ones when they come up. But the, the stock market really is, is something that everybody is, is concerned with, and, and rightfully so. Excuse me. Um, the market is, is rallying right now. Yes, it's going up, it's going down. I mean, you could go up 1% or down 1% or 2% any day. It really is that bad. But the swings that used to be very small are now seem much larger because of the size of the indices. When the Dow was at 3,000 points, a 1% swing didn't seem that bad. At 30,000 points, 1% is a lot more. So that's what we're looking at there. But the market is pretty strong. Um, the economy is reopening. Um, what does that mean? That means that all of that pent-up demand, people have been locked up for a year uh, in some places. In some places, they haven't. But there's, there's a pent-up demand for people to want to go out and do things. They want to travel. They want to go places. They want to have things. That money is going to flow into the economy as it opens up. Um, and, and again, that comes back to supply and demand. And, and I'm a big supply and demand guy. When I got my accounting degree back in the 70s, they told me everything depended on supply and demand. And I haven't really ever changed my mind on that. It, it, it still does. Right now, demand is winning, okay? Demand is more than the supply. Part of that is the stimulus money. Part of that is people, as they stayed home over the last year, a lot of people actually paid off debt. The debt in this country has gone down. Uh, savings have gone up. So people now have this money, and when you give them that freedom, that money is going to get spent. Um, you also see in the markets, small caps are back. You, when you look at various sectors in the economy, uh, why are small caps back? Small caps had a rough couple of years there. Um, what happened is small companies, a lot of them didn't survive. They didn't make it through the pandemic. They didn't make it through the COVID problems. But the ones that did are now absorbing that increased demand. So you're seeing a rise in small caps. Small caps have had a great year. Um, you know, it, it was kind of, we, we had our clients in small caps start putting a lot of them. We did a lot of conversions in small caps last year. We're paying, we're realizing the benefits of that right now. It really is a tremendous thing to see that, you know, a year ago when we made these decisions, it actually played out the way we really thought it would be because we, we thought that this was coming. But small caps, that sector is doing really well. Uh, technology and defense, those sectors are doing really well. Um, 
technology is always going to do well. I believe that's the future. You, you have to have technology. Um, in defense stocks, people thought, okay, with this new administration, defense stocks won't do as well. Well, typically, when you when you look at at a democratic or when the Democrats are in charge, there's more war, there's more conflict. Defense industry overall, the military industrial complex does very, very well during those times. And if you look at both technology and defense, the earnings are up. Both sectors right now look to be growth sectors. Earnings are really, really good right now. And, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of these sectors are doing well because the stimulus money is flowing into pension plans and into retirement plans. Uh, your retirement plans are fueling this surge because a lot of people that, that have money have retirement plans. And when they got the stimulus money, they didn't necessarily spend it, they put the money away. They're saving it, they're planning for their retirement. The big uh, companies took that money and they funded their pension plans. Where do they put that money? Into Wall Street. You look at the school districts, they put their money into Wall Street. <coughs> Excuse me. So you're seeing overall, the markets have had a, a really sizable influx of cash. Wall Street has done very, very well with all of this money that the government is putting out there. Again, this is something that we did predict. It's something that we saw coming, but it actually has come to fruition, what we saw. Um, Again, supply and demand kicks in when you look at materials, you look at products, you look at things that are available, you try to buy things online, a lot of things are sold out, a lot of items aren't stocked in stores, they're, they're shipped online and they're sold out. You've seen huge price swings. <coughs> Cars right now are going up. They say it's because of the chip shortage. Yes and no. It's because people stop buying cars for a while there. So the company stopped manufacturing. The, the manufacturing shut down. That was the same problem with lumber. You know, everybody was worried, why is the price of lumber going up? On the West Coast alone, I think it was something like 70% or more of the uh, plants that produce lumber on the West Coast were shut down because of COVID. So you had just 30% of the plants producing the lumber. There was not enough supply. That has started to lighten up. You're starting to see manufacturing kick in. Part of that is coming from imports. Part of that is coming from the COVID lightening up. But lumber costs are, are coming down now. They've gone up. Don't get me wrong. Uh, lumber went up something like 300%. The average cost of a home to be built here in California went up $36,000 just because of the cost of the lumber. But you see those prices leveling off and coming back down right now. And, and as you see people getting back out, you're going to have less of the purchasing and more of the travel industry and that coming back. There's some changes coming there too, though. Um, but you also see commodities overall prices leveling up. A lot of that has to do with tariffs. Tariffs have either been reduced or taken off of imports. So you're seeing a lot of, of product that's more available right now. And again, supply and demand, when the supply is there, the price will drop, and that's what's going on right now. It doesn't feel like it. Typically, there's a lag of anywhere from three to four or five months. So over the next three to four months, you're going to see pricing coming down. I don't see that with housing, uh, but with a lot of your raw materials, your hard materials, a lot of your items, you're going to see prices level off and start to come down. Will they come down dramatically? No, because... 
companies have clients that are used to paying certain prices. They want to keep those prices there as long as they possibly can, and that increases profit, increases the bottom line. <coughs> I apologize for coughing like this. Um, one of the big things going on right now is unemployment. You, you hear about the jobs numbers. You hear about you know people people saying, "Oh, unemployment's going crazy." Unemployment ticked a little bit higher. It's up at about six point one percent right now, which is amazing to me because there's over seven million jobs that are available out there um, that are unfilled. Uh, but the unemployment subsidies, that extra three hundred dollars a week, is really impacting. Um, it, it is more than that when you look at it. So you, it doesn't impact the higher wage earners as much as it does the lower wage earners. There are a lot more lower wage earners than there are high ones. So it, it's larger numbers. But if you have a person that's making $400 a week or $500 a week, they go on unemployment, they're making $400 a week instead of five. Well, now you add $300 on top of that, they're making eight. It doesn't make any sense to go back to work as long as that's there. So what you're seeing is rising wages. You're seeing companies pay more. It's really hurt the entertainment industry, the uh, restaurants, hotels, all of those that, that were shut down. So now they're starting to try and, and fill back up, but they can't get staff. Um, but so you're seeing signing bonuses. You're seeing all of these things happening. People that want to work, though, can find a job. One of the big factors that people aren't really talking about impacting the unemployment is in-person school, uh, especially with people on the, on the lower end of the wage scale. They use school as childcare for them to go to work. So if you go to work and you make $500, you're paying $100 or $200 in childcare. So if you stay home, you're not paying for childcare, you're getting that extra $300 for as long as that lasts, why would you go back to work? That's what's causing this unemployment. That's really what's what's happening. When schools open back up, when the $300 goes away, the masses of people are gonna wanna go back to work. I think it's going to create a lot of problems because a lot of these people won't get hired because the people that do wanna work will be taking the jobs. Automation is coming in, which will eliminate jobs. So you're going to see unrest uh, I don't know if there'll be protests, I don't know if there'll be riots, I don't know what the problems are going to be, but there is unrest coming pertaining to the job market and the inability of people at the lower end of the wage scale to find employment. This is something that I think is going to happen this summer. It'll definitely happen in the fall when, when we start heading into the holiday season. You're going to see a lot of this. Um, the schools are starting to open up in many states to been open, but they are really starting to open back up. Um, I think this is really a good thing, but the schools are also part of the reason why the stock market is doing so well. They had $360 billion and just the one last bill alone went to the schools to be spent on COVID, uh, improving ventilation systems that upgrade things. That money isn't earmarked to be spent until 2022. So they, given this money, it's not going to be spent for a year. So where did it go? It went into the stock market. That money went into the pension plans. That money is being used right now for reasons other than what it was really earmarked for. So you're going to see that impact hit next year when that money starts to be spent. So there's going to be some dips, and we're keeping an eye on that as far as when that might happen, and we're watching what's going on there. But the, the pension plans have all been fully funded. Well, not fully funded, but they've been 
better funded. Um, and really what you're looking at as schools open up, you will see people going back to work as those subsidies fall off. And, and today I think was the first democratic state or blue state that took away that subsidy. So there, there's things that are happening right now that people are coming to that realization. So you go over the next few months, you'll see that coming back. You'll see unemployment going down. You'll see these jobs start to be filled and you'll see people you know, going back to work. You'll also see people traveling. And here you're also gonna see some changes. Uh, I know everybody talks about the rental car shortage. What happened is all of the rental car companies sold off their inventory. They were sitting on all these cars that they couldn't rent them because people weren't traveling. So why keep them and pay the bills? Well, now that they sold them all off, there's no new cars available to buy. So the, the price of rental cars has doubled or tripled in some locations. Again, we're heading into the summer season. You're going to see that. So if you're planning on traveling, if you want to rent a car, make sure you, you get your reservations, make sure you have things in place that you know what you're doing because the cost is gonna be staggering and the availability is not gonna be there if you travel. Um, you're also gonna see automation. We already saw it in the airlines. They started doing auto check-in long before COVID ever hit. It's going more and more that way. Airlines, hotels, the, the level of service has gone down in hotels, the level of service has gone down in pretty much across the board in the travel industry being replaced by automation. Again, this is going to hurt jobs. So what you're looking at is, is pretty much um, as things open up, the economy will do well, but there are still going to be certain sectors that don't. Your travel industry is going to do well because with the increase in automation, even though people complain, they're still going to spend the money there and it costs a lot less for the machine than it does for employees. And so there will be profits to be made. And as the companies make profits, they're going to see the price of the stock. And that's, I hate to keep going back to just, this is the way we look at it, but as it pertains to investing, as it pertains to your money, this is how you look at it. Which companies are going to be profitable? That's what's going to drive the price of their stock. That's what's going to drive the stock market. The, the price of a company's stock go up depending on its profitability. And, and realistically, the more profitable it is, the more money you'll make owning shares in that company or in that those mutual funds that invest in those sectors and in, in, in that style of investing. And that's really what we look at is where do we want to go? How do we want to do this? What are our percentages? Okay, it's time to rebalance. What do we want to take out? What do we want to put in? These are the questions that we're always asking. And, and inflation factors into all of this. You know, and, and I've been saying probably for the last three, four years that inflation was coming. Uh, when Trump was president, he was spending way too much money. We knew it was coming. It was held down by the low interest rates. It was held down by the prosperous economy. But it's here. If you buy gas or food, it's here. Um, today, I read that uh, Janet Yellen uh, said that uh, inflation is going to be much higher than the White House has predicted. The White House this year said that inflation would run at about 2%. And then they upgraded it to three. She said it's going to be running between four and 6% uh, over the next year. Um, staggering numbers. Uh, it really is. But when you look at it, how does that impact you? The housing boom. If you own a home and you want to sell it, this is a good thing. Inflation is really helping you here. Year over year housing starts, the year over year pricing on houses, you're seeing 10% increasing in house prices on a regular basis. I mean, you, you see it 
39% higher over the last two years. Year over year housing starts with 39% higher in April than they were April in 2020. They're 50% higher in May than they were last year. Now, granted, last year was abnormal because of COVID, but it still is increasing dramatically. Rental prices for rental properties has gone up seven and a half percent over the last two years. You're seeing a lot of that. Part of this is the exodus from the cities. You're seeing a lot of people leave the cities. In fact, when you look at which cities, the top five cities that are growing are Phoenix, Las Vegas, Sacramento, uh, Austin, and Miami. Uh, Sacramento is the outlier here because it's in California and it's a outside town. I think part of that is because of San Francisco is so expensive. Moving up to Sacramento, you get more and it's close enough that you can still go to work sometimes if you want, rather than just telecommute. But the other cities are all in states with very low state tax rates. Uh, <clears throat> Arizona has a 2% tax rate. Uh, Nevada, Texas, Florida, 0% tax rate. So you're seeing the cities in those states growing. Those are the top five as far as home price increases, because that's where people are going. And again, supply and demand kicks in. But you are seeing new housing starts. You are seeing uh, the price of lumber coming down, which is going to increase the housing starts. So you're going to see prices level off a little bit. Uh, here in the Inlove Valley, uh, I don't see it leveling off anytime soon, simply because we don't have enough. Uh, overall, nationwide, they say there's a, a shortage of housing. I have 5 million units short. They say 2 million of those um, are in the suburbs. So there are people looking for houses right now that can't find them. And with the way things have changed, um, as far as the way people work, they, they want bigger houses, they wanna have a private office, they wanna have a home gym, there's a lot of things. So the housing prices are going to continue. Here we have the aerospace industry, which is doing very, very well, and there are more people coming. So I really think that the housing market here is good for at least another year or two. I really do. It may be maybe longer than that. Uh, I'm not sure, but I, I am pretty comfortable for the next year or two. The housing prices here in, in the Antelope Valley will not go down. Put it to you that way. I don't see it declining anytime soon at all, simply because of supply and demand. And there are permits being issued here. There's 350 houses being built out off of uh, 60th West. There's, there's a number of things that are happening right now. It's not enough. It really isn't. Um, and, and when you look at the indicators on a national basis, like the, the producer price index went up 6.2% year over year. It's the biggest jump since 2010. Uh, the inflation in May was up 5%. In April, it was up 4.2%. It's the highest level in over a decade. And you, you're talking about major jumps in, in these numbers that realistically are impacting the nationwide housing market, the nationwide car market, all of these supplies. Here, it, it is a little bit more stable because of the nature of our economy. We're one of the more affordable places here in California. Um, and they are building and they are building. There's just not enough housing. Uh, and houses are going to go up. They really are. Um, you're also seeing concerns right now that um, inflation is being caused by people going back to work in higher wages because with rising wages and all of these bonuses that, that are being paid that drives up the cost for companies two things happen when costs go up they either look at automation or they they raise their prices because they want to keep their profit margins the same um, it, it, it's something that i i know over at our other business 
prices have, have gone up 10% because our cost of payroll has gone up 15%. We tried to absorb some of it, but you can't absorb all of it. You really can't, but prices have gone up. When you have to pay more to your employees to provide a service you, and you can't just eat that cost sometimes, you have to raise prices and that cost gets passed on to the consumer. That's what's happening on, on the, the wages side that's causing inflation. Uh, and again, it's different depending on the person, but the stock market is really focusing on the positives of demand rather than the negatives of the inflation. Because people have money, money is flowing into the markets, people are buying stocks because they're going up. Is it going to change? Yes, it always does. It always goes up, it always goes down. There, there will be a time as interest rates rise that bonds are a better alternative. There are going to be times when bonds are not a good alternative. There's things out there that right now um, make a lot of sense to be investing in, and other places they don't. Uh, Energy is one of them. Okay, uh, energy is going sky high. Oil is going up. They're predicting it's going to be hundred dollars a barrel. That part of that is because of this move to the green energy. This is what our current administration wants. They're moving everything over there. It's very costly and it's very unreliable. You've seen that across the country at various times in Texas, the Northeast. It, it's just very unreliable. Um, Petroleum-based, fossil fuel-based types of energy, gas, natural gas. You're looking at they're trying to get rid of all of them. Um, the they, first thing Biden did was cancel the pipelines when he got in office by demand. He, he canceled all the leases on government properties. Now, he lost that one in court. So, you know, he couldn't just cancel those because these are things that are supposed to be decided by Congress, not just by the president saying, oh, I've decided to do this. So you will see some pushback there. So the fossil fuel industry isn't dead yet, uh, and it is fighting back. Uh, but the car industry is behind this green surge because they want to sell cars. And if everybody has to have an electric car, that means they're going to have to sell everybody an electric car. So they're in it for the profit, too. So there's, there's a method to their madness. But gas prices going up are, are really affecting things right now. And that's happened this year. It's up over a dollar a gallon from this time last year. Actually, I think the number is 56%. Gas has increased from May of 2020 to May of 2021. Um, this impacts everything. The, the price of food or is going up because it's transported. Anything that's shipped, any kind of you know, furniture or any kind of product that's moved uh, costs more because the price of gas is more. So you're seeing that as part of the inflationary. Now what we're heading into is our normal summertime increase on gasoline. Every summer it goes up. So you're gonna see pricing go up even more. It, it really is, is a problem that really there's not a lot of, that you can do about it. But why do we focus on inflation so much? And why is that so important right now? Well. It's called real rate of return. If inflation is zero and you're in a 5% rate of return, then your portfolio has a 5% real rate of return. Well, if your portfolio has a 5% rate of return and inflation is 5%, then you actually have a 0% rate of return. You're just barely keeping pace with inflation. And that's where cash, historically people have said, well, cash is negative because you're not keeping pace with inflation. Um, that's all true. The, the difference right now is with inflation at 4% and stock market doing 14%, you are ahead of the curve. You know, if the stock market does 10%, you're still ahead of the curve. And you use the rule of 72s that I use. People use that to compute 
what they're going to, how long it takes the money to double. I look at it from an inflation perspective. How long will it take for your buying power to be cut in half? So if you're buying goods and services now and inflation is running at 3%, you divide that 3% into 72. So in 24 years, it will cost you twice as much money to buy the same goods and services as you do right now. If it's four, inflation is 4%, it takes 18 years. If inflation hits 6%, which it looks like it's going to, and they're talking about that, that means your buying power is cut in half every 12 years. So that means 12 years from now, it will cost you twice as much money to buy the same goods and services as you do right now. In 24 years, it would double again at a 6% inflation rate. It's something that need, you need to prepare for and need to plan for. And, it, and it's something that is easily offset depending on how you do things. Uh, and again, if you already have your assets, if you own your home, if you have your land, if, you, if your assets are paid for, it doesn't impact you as much. It does on your cost of everyday living for your utilities and, and your food and things like that. But you, you have to be prepared, prepared for inflation that's coming. Uh, I think it, it's, to me, it's one of the most important things that we're looking at right now and trying to analyze what we wanna do, how we wanna set up our portfolio, where we wanna go and how we wanna be invested because we wanna beat inflation. We have to keep pace with inflation and beat that for our clients. Um, because it is, it is happening and it is coming and it's happening right now. So again, that's something we can talk about. If you have questions on that, give us a call. Um, another thing, uh, one of the most common questions we're getting right now is on cryptocurrencies and meme stocks and all of these things. And, and you know me, I'm very conservative. Uh, these, this is high risk, uh, high reward versus fool's gold. I mean, somebody's going to make a lot of money. Somebody's going to lose a lot of money. That's the way that stuff works. Uh, the, the thing I really don't like about it is the, that it's subject to social media mood swings. You, know, you get people, you know, like Elon Musk says something and it goes up or down based on his word with no real fundamentals there as far as the financials. I do believe, though, it's here to stay. I really do. I, I think it's something that has caught on. It is legit. Um, I also believe it's going to be regulated and taxed. Anything that has that much money going through that the government wants a piece of it. They want that piece. So they are tracking it and they are going to regulate it. Actually, the IRS has red flags on it right now. Um, I know for us on our licensing, we have to disclose every year whether we own any cryptocurrencies or not. I do not. And for that reason, because I do not want that going to the Securities and Exchange Commission and them looking at me saying, why do you have this? What are you doing? So I, that's something that I personally don't do. But it is something that a lot of people have made money. Uh, I believe the government will eventually issue their own. You're going to see government issue cryptocurrency because they want to control it. They want to have control over it. I don't know how that's going to work. Again, I'm not the most technology savvy person here. You could probably talk to Arlen. He can explain it all to you. Uh, but it's something that for me, I think is inevitable. I think it is here to stay. It is going to be very heavily regulated and scrutinized. So be very careful um, because it is coming. Uh, <coughs> a lot of it is, is going to be with the young investors. Um, the young investors are a little bit different today than they were in the past. There is strength in numbers. They use social organizations to circumnavigate the rules and regulations of the stock market. You see this now going after the short sellers and these different companies. And, you know, where they get together on social media, a lot of these people have never met each other. They don't know who each other are, but they have this power 
of large numbers to make things move and happen. And we've been watching that pretty closely and some of the companies that they're attacking are in our clients' portfolios and we've been able to capitalize on that a little bit. Um, not a lot because we're not, again, we're very conservative. But young investors, I think, are a really good thing. I think it's a really good thing for people to be involved. I think it's a really good thing for young people to learn and to understand how money works and how the stock market works and what's really going on out there. Because the more money people make, especially younger people, the more conservative they tend to get because once they have it, they want to keep it. It's it's pretty straightforward. They want to know what's happening with their money. They want to know why they're being taxed the way they are and where that tax money is going and what it's doing. And do they agree with that or not? So, you know, whether they agree with my opinion or not, I still think it's a good thing that they're involved. I still think it's a good thing that they're active. I really do. I think it's something that is going to be here for a while. And it's something that we pay attention to because you have to. It's, it, it is a an influence on the market, just like a hurricane would have an influence on a crop. You know, there is an influence there. Younger people, though, tend to be savers. They, they, they don't want to be in debt. They lived through 2008. They saw 2011. They've seen what's happened out there. They save money. They don't acquire debt. They're not looking to accumulate assets like we did when we were young. They're looking more to enjoy experiences and to live and, and do the things that they want to do. So it, it's a little bit different of a, an investment style, but it's there. It's real. I think it's good. Uh, I don't think it's going away. Um, and it's something to, to really to watch. It's fascinating to me to, to watch the, the various generations because each generation has their own style of investing and their own way of looking at these things. And the, the younger ones, I'm, I'm actually really happy with what I see there because I think it's good for the country overall. I really do. I think it's good for the stock market. And I, I think it's good for the investing world that's out there. Okay, current events, some of the things that are going on right now, the biggie to me is the Supreme Court. Um, this week, a couple of big ones. One is they're keeping Obamacare. They voted seven to two. Um, and when you look at what they actually decided, they didn't vote on Obamacare per se, the constitutionality of it or what um, the states were trying to do. What they said is that the states didn't have jurisdiction to bring these lawsuits in. They really, they didn't have the right to file these lawsuits, so they kind of kicked it out. They never ruled on the, on it, and so the individual mandate is still there. It does mean higher health care costs. It, it is a negative in that respect. And the big thing to me, the scary part of it is the individual mandate. Now, when, when Trump passed his bills, he, they set the individual mandate at zero. They didn't remove it from the tax code. That's the slippery slope that I always watch and I'm always afraid of. And, I, and when I read bills that are proposed, it's one of the things that I always look for. What are they going to set that at? Right now, it's set at zero. So if there's no penalty, if you don't pay it because it's zero, there's nothing there. If they raise that up, that number to where you have to buy insurance or pay this penalty, that's the slippery slope because they can raise that number to whatever they want to. And you've heard me talk about tax rates versus tax brackets. This is a similar type of thing where they it's in there. It still exists. They can make changes really without changing the law because what they have is the ability to change the number within the law. 
it's a very slippery slope. So that's something that I am keeping an eye on. The other one, the big one this week to me was the Catholic foster agencies being able to deny same-sex couples uh, the right to adopt. To me, uh, the Supreme Court got this one right. They voted nine to zero. Everybody agreed this is a question of religious freedom. You don't have to do what you want, what I want you to do, and I don't have to do what you want me to do if it violates my religious beliefs. To me, that's a biggie. Um, you know, religious freedom, the freedom of assembly, the freedom of free, free speech, these are things that we should not take for granted. These, these are very important. It's, the, it's in the First Amendment for a reason, and that is the First Amendment. It's not just free speech. It is the right to gather and, and religious freedom. They're all right in that First Amendment for a reason. It's number one. And, and nine to nothing is a pretty bold statement. It really is saying that you do have the right to have your beliefs. So I'm pretty proud of that. Uh, they have a couple more cases coming up that are biggies. Uh, the gun rights, abortion, there's a, some decisions that are coming down right now or soon that um, I'm really keeping an eye on. I wanna see where we go with that. But it, it's something that overall, whenever you get a nine to nothing decision from the Supreme Court, you know it's based on the constitution and that's really the right way to do. Um, and, and will that have an impact on the stock market? Everything has an impact on the stock market, not in the, in the scale of some of these other things that we're talking about, but it does have an impact on people's attitudes and it does have an impact on, on their money. Okay, some of the other things that are happening, current events, I could go on and on for days, we're not going to touch on a lot of them. The big one that worries me is the cyber attacks. Um, the pipeline was attacked, the, the meat shortages, they don't talk about some of the other ones, the, the municipalities that were attacked. There's a, a number of things that have happened, the schools, the, the, a lot of these things have happened and they've paid the ransoms, which to me, again, is that slippery slope. It, it's coming. There are more coming. Protect yourself uh, on the internet or technology or, you know, you need to make sure that you're secure, that really what you're doing is secure be very very careful out there you see these things where you know people have all these fun things they do tell me your maiden your mother's maiden name and tell me what school you went to what was your first car these are all ways people are trying to gather your information don't fall for any of that stuff don't fall for the people that that call the irs is not going to call you and tell you you have to send them money they, they don't do that um, they notify you via via the mail then if you set up with a caseworker, somebody that you know, yeah, you may talk to them on the phone, but there's a lot of things that are out there. If you have questions about anything or something looks fishy to you and you're not sure, call us. I don't know if we'll know the answer, but we'll find out for you. Um, we'll find out because it is very important to protect yourself from, from hackers and cyber attacks and all these things that are really happening out there. Um, the country is being divided by group. They're trying to separate us into groups. Uh, either ethnic, by by gender, by race, by morals, by all of these different groups, don't do it. Don't fall for it. Don't go along with it. Um, it will impact you in some way. Um, but it, it really, for investing in the stock market, these are things that are happening that are going to have an impact. Okay, you see companies dividing into to align with these various groups. It's going to affect their bottom line. It's going to affect who shops at which stores. It's going to affect their profits. That will affect the stock market. That will affect your money. So it is something to keep an eye on and we are watching that. 
Uh, again, there's many, many other things that we could get into right now, but I was told not to. <laughs> but it really, the year's doing well. I, I think we're having a good year. Are there problems? Yes. Is the stock market volatile? Absolutely. Do we expect it to continue? Yes. Do we expect it to overall finish on an up note? Yes, I do. Um, I, I, again, every year we worry about October just because October historically 75% of the time is the lowest month of the year. So that's something to keep an eye on. But I do think this year is going to end up overall higher. I, do, I think it's going to be good. Next year, I'm pretty positive on, but we're going to check back when we get closer because I'm not sure. You know, I can tell you what's going to happen long term, usually short term right now. I'm not as sure. This year, though, I am pretty sure. I do feel like we're going to finish up. Things are really going to finish strong. I think that overall the stock market will finish with double digit gains for the year. So we're looking at, at a good opportunity to make some money. Um, is it time to get really conservative? Well, that depends on your time frame. It really does. When do you need to access that money? If you have money that you need to get to over the next few months, yes, get conservative. If you're not touching that money for five or 10 years, no. It's time to take advantage of the opportunity to make some money. But we'll talk about that with you individually again. Um, it, it's something that really is important to discuss. Thank you very much for attending. Hopefully um, it was worth your time. And if you have any questions, do not hesitate to give us a call. Thanks again. Securities offered through SCF Securities Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, advisory services offered through SCF Investment Advisory Incorporated. SCF Securities Incorporated and Kelly Financial Group are independently owned and operated. Neither Michael Kelly or Arlen Kelly offer legal or tax advice. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax advisor or attorney. Please consult legal or tax professionals for specific information regarding your individual situation.